three, two, one, and now we're officially live. So quick mic check. So speak into your mic. Speak into your mic. Perfect. So this is exciting. This is our fifth official podcast slash hashtag nerdcast. <laughs> and we are here with a guest that I'm really excited about. Samantha McMahon. That's a, me. That's you, you awkward potato. That's me. Samantha McMahon is a local actress, and mm. we're going to talk a lot about acting today. We're going to talk about getting your acting card for both theater and for film and television. We're going to talk about local theater because for a queer podcast, we have not had a theater guest, and that's outrageous. Oh my God. That's outrageous. But. But we have covered roller derby, we've covered pansexuality, we've covered non-binary, and our first guest was another trans woman. So we've covered a little bit of everything. Now it's time for the long overdue aspect of theater to rear its fabulous head on the ESP show. So Samantha, tell us, do you prefer Samantha or Sam? Um, Samantha or Sammy. I try not to do Sam, but people kind of call me whatever they Sammy's want. Sammy's so cute. Sammy. Do, we'll do Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> Sammy. So I have some background for you. But why don't you just take it away? Because I know if there's one thing that theater people are good at, myself included, guilty. It's talking a little bit about ourselves. What? I'm no so good. What? <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought? So I'm going to give you the opportunity to practice that two to five minute bio that everyone, <laughs> everyone in acting and theater has. Shameless. Oh. Tell us all about yourself. Your fabulous self over there. <sighs> I will. Give, okay. us, give us a little rundown of, so, of Sammy. I probably should have just brought my bio from the last show that I was in. No, I am a theater education and secondary education major with a minor in special education at Bridgewater State University. I have been doing theater since I was 15. I'm <clears throat> 27 now. And I started doing theater at Bourne High School. a girl. I know. I took a couple years off when I was in the military. You're a seasoned veteran. Fun fact. We will get around back to that, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So the first show that I ever did was a little unnamed show called Mother Hicks. We did that as a part of the Massachusetts Educational Theater Guild Festival, which was a really cool competition that is statewide. And I recently brought my kids at Upper Cape to it with the help of my Ooh. friend Bobby. And I have been in probably 30 shows since Erin uh, and I actually met doing a show at the now unfortunately defunct Buzzards Play production um, it was Rocky Horror R. right? Rocky Horror it Picture was, Show? It was Rocky or, Horror. Not Picture. Rocky Horror Show. Fabulous. I would do that show again if I could. It's a lot and of fun. most recently I played Ariel in The Tempest by William Shakespeare at the Massachusetts Music and Art Society in Mansfield. So, yeah. I'm a terrible host because I did not see it. So I'm a... I really wanted to. But she plugged it, so. I did. Yeah. It's on the website. Yeah. This is the problem with startups, is that if I was doing this for, if I was getting paid for this, which eventually, hopefully someday I will. Yes. That's the goal. I would be able to just take time off and go see these wonderful things that our guests are associated with 100% of the time. Because I can't always do it. Because I work my regular 24-hour shift on the ambulance on Saturday. And also Wednesday. Right. So I work my 224s. And also part of it's also my fault, too, because I just I met a new guy and we've been dating. <gasps> oh, and Sunday is so one exciting. of the only days that we can actually hang out. 
So, so it's well, sorry. it's hard to devote time to theater. I mean, honestly, it I was feel bad like, timing because uh, we just started dating. No, that's never bad timing. That's awesome timing for you. Well, for the. For the purposes of the show, it was <laughs> the bad timing. Of my it was good show. Time. It was great timing um, for me. I'll be in more shows. You can come see those. I absolutely. Uh, am I hope see the so. Next one. Knock on wood. Somebody for me. I don't think there's any wood in here. Yeah, this is this is a fiberglass table. Um, Fake fiberglass. But I lost my train of thought. We'll keep going. That's okay. Oh so, no, I got it. Don't feel bad because I am also a terrible theater friend. I think the last show that I saw that a friend was in was Gypsy at Bridgewater State in October it's very hard to find time to go and do these things even as a theater lover and avid um, participant in theater we want to support our friends so badly but like you said it's not our our job yeah it's really hard to take time off of school and work to go see these things no matter how much we want to support our friends so you know I understand I'm guilty of it too so how was your experience with The Tempest? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with The Tempest. Okay. Let's take it back to October 2016. Taking it back. To my Shakespeare class with Professor Brian Keeney. Shout out Starting at Bridgewater at State University. <laughs> oh, no. I've loved Shakespeare can, for a very long time. You can plug anyone that you want on the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get there. Don't worry. Shameless. Uh, <laughs> hashtag shameless. We already mentioned that. Shameless plugs. So he had us, for one of the first plays we had to analyze, look at The Tempest. And I had never given it a real in-depth analysis before. So this caused me to really take a look at the relationships between the characters and the themes of the show. And The Tempest is one of these conflict plays or problem plays because it's not really a comedy and it's not really a tragedy. It's a little bit of both. Um, And... It's so high drama. So yeah, there's like love and hate and betrayal and magic. I got to be magic. So I love it, fell in love with it, became obsessed with it. I proposed to direct it at Midsummer Shakespeare in Onset last summer. So I did. And then I went to London in August 2017. We're, we're going to get to that. We have it. a whole segment oh. about your travels oh, I that we're going to get to. saw it there, though, by the Royal Shakespeare Company. And oh then I was... Really? Yeah, it was phenomenal. <sighs> and then I was just Jealous. in a production of it in this past March. So, and you saw it with the Royal Shakespeare Company oh God, too? Yeah. So it's safe Double to say jealous. that I'm kind of obsessed with that show. Just a little bit. That's okay. But it's not even my favorite. My favorite is Twelfth Night and we can get there later if we have time. So I've only seen, <laughs> I saw the film version, most of the film version of Twelfth Night once. Which one? Wait, the one with um, Helena Bonham Carter and Ben Kingsley? Because that is the one to watch. I believe that's the one because I didn't see the whole thing. Oh no. I'm a terrible so good. theater nerd. It's okay. My, the- my theater experience is actually limited Yeah. as far as the theater shows that I've seen. So yeah, I need to make a quick when suggestion. when you do shows, you're awesome. So. Oh, thank you. Well, I haven't done a show as the new me yet. Yeah, so, I didn't think so. I ha- So theater has is kind of strange because theater, we talked about this, I believe it was on 001 with Jordan Evans, how theater is really a great medium for a lot of people who are questioning to find their true selves right whether you're whether you come out as gay whether you come out as and by the way sidebar gay includes lesbian okay because we had that conversation before on the show somebody was offended that we said gay and not lesbian but lesbian i feel like is kind of a harsh term it it doesn't roll off the tongue as well we can use it but in my experience most of 
the lesbian the most of the lesbian women that I know prefer to just say that they're gay. Right. Because that's, that's it's been not my yeah, it's well. not a masculine term anymore. It is a blanket umbrella term for both men and women. And I feel like sometimes um who are the attracted word to members of the same sex has masculine connotations sometimes like when you say lesbian so it's it's it could, it you could know be. what I mean it's strange I, mean, I it's most totally people I know you. yeah just say I'm gay but whatever you know floats your boat it's, it's yeah it's totally <laughs> up to the individual person exactly but I think for the purposes of podcasting we're just going to whenever we say gay we're going to refer to men and women and everything in between so basically right. just men and women who are attracted to members of the same gender right that's Gender slash sex. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. Theater. Right. Split Weather, hairs all day. <laughs> backing up, because I know that was kind of a re- kind of a sidebar. Backing up to theater and how theater is an amazing medium for people to discover their true selves. Again, mm-hmm. whether, you, mm-hmm. whether you come out as gay, whether you come out as bi, whether you come out as trans, male to female, female to male, non-binary theater offers people an opportunity to escape, but to escape on a different level where you can explore these different personas. Right. You can explore these male or female personas. You can explore androgynous personas. Right. You can just let loose. You can experiment with makeup like I did. That was <sighs> that was how that was how I got my base level makeup skills <laughs> was from doing theater. Yeah. And then the rest sort of just kind of fell into place for me. So theater is an incredible medium and I really need to explore more shows. I consider myself to be adequate enough to have a conversation with a theater nerd, but you are yes. like the queen <laughs> of, you've seen and been a part of so many shows. That being said, tell us a little bit about your show resume and expand on that. I know you sort of oh, briefly touched on it, boy. but <laughs> um, I am really excited to hear you rattle off this list because it's pretty darn impressive. Or I can do it for okay. you. Yeah. I mean, do you have it? I mean, I can pull it up. <laughs> I, I do mean, have it. So, Samantha, yeah, go Sammy, I hate having to hold this up, but there's really no angle to do it with a microphone. So, you have been in, obviously, Rocky Heart Picture Show with me. Yes, it was so fun. Oh, I would do it again. Which, which we already mentioned. You've been in Cabaret. Oh, but that I have, was but I have to stop there because Cabaret is one of my favorite plays that I am familiar with. Yes. So tell us about your experience on Cabaret. Well, this what is actually like? a um, perfect I loved all your segue. pictures, by the way. Thank you. Sure. Does that, okay. does that work for you? Yes. Okay, so, just, just because it's more, the video is more looking at us this way, and I know it's oh, tempting to... this video. Yeah. I didn't realize I know the you, the you Now, it's tempting to get sucked into the You Now, and actually... Is that a camera that's on? That's a camera that's oh, on. Oh, boy. Hello, world. Okay. That is Fall River Community Media. Hello, Fall River Community Media. So the way that, so our video feed, which we put on YouTube, is from that camera and the camera box oh, that that I connects understand. to in the I other room. So basically, it's tough to be in this seat right here because yes. you have to sort of look at both cameras. You interact with our wonderful You Now audience, you in, and then you also have to interact with, with me over here because interacting with me this way gives us the best the best Wonderful. angles and us theater people are all about angles mm, right yes another shameless high five love it shameless <laughs> so cabaret nice. where were we going with the oh, cabaret sidebar so it's a great um lead-in because we were just talking about the sort of freedom that roles offer you on stage so i played mm-hmm. the mc and the mc is traditionally played by a man 
Um, and Exactly my point. This is exactly what we yeah. were just talking about. That was a good segue. And so the um, I had that summer just played Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet. Again, awesome, by the way. Role. And um, the director of Cabaret knew from that performance that she wanted me to be the MC, which was great because um, it's in my range vocally. I don't know if you remember, but I have a rather low voice. Um, and but I've heard the stuff you've done since <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you've yeah. really honed and perfected that alto. Thank you. Lots and lots of practice and lessons that get you places, kids. But yeah, so Cabaret was so incredible. Should I give a brief rundown in case anybody? Yeah, doesn't do know it. What it is? I mean, t- just so tell us about your. Tell us a little bit about Cabaret, and then about your. So it takes you place any specific in, experiences um, that stood out to you. Yeah, it takes place in 1929 in Berlin, right before the Nazis had totally come to power. And everybody loves pre World War II stuff. Yes, and always it, a great medium <laughs> or setting, I should say. Yeah, it focuses on Sally Bowles, who is a third-rate singer in a second-rate nightclub, and she meets up with this American guy, Cliff, and they sort of have this unlikely whirlwind romance as the Nazis are rising to power. And there's the MC who sort of narrates the whole thing and overlooks the Love club. Love the narrator and, roles. Oh, yeah. It's narrator so roles fun. are always fun to play. Um, and as the show progresses, the Nazis gain more and more power, and it culminates in several characters being taken away um, to concentration camps. So when I was in high school, we had we did The Sound of Music, which is one of my favorite classic standbys. Okay, not mine, but similar, (laughs) similar theme. (laughs) I'm just I'm super basic sometimes. (laughs) I forgive you. And it's the same kind of idea. It is kind of overplayed. And that's the studio itself has had some issues over the years, I think, Mm. as far as controversy. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, World War II um, has been a backdrop for so many forms of art. So one of the things that I really liked about the way that we did our version of Cabaret, which was also at Buzzard's Play Productions, RIP. Um, I know, it's so sad. It's so Whatever sad. Whatever happened with Buzzard's Play Productions, by the way? You know, I Because sort I was of, absent as we... Yeah. Long story. I sort of left before it went underwater so I can't really comment on the specifics but it breaks my heart because I know that the family that ran it poured everything they had into it and they were very kind and they tried really hard so it's very sad but I'm very grateful for all of the opportunities that it afforded me. There were a lot of things going on there. Yeah they also had um, a music venue and like recurring comedy shows and occasionally they would have special travel guests come in. Oh, it's so cool. It was such a So I don't know how they space. I think they said that the rent keep kept getting jacked up yeah, or something like that. I'm, I'm sure it was a financial uh, thing that's usually the reason businesses can't stay afloat, which is really sad. Uh, I know. I think it had something to do with property taxes and yeah. rents and like I said I, I fees. sort of I sort of departed before everything yeah, went downhill, so really I, sad, really I don't unfortunate. have uh, all the answers. But um, So Rocky Horror Picture Show, Cabaret, moving on to yeah. less depressing topics. Yes, I know. Um, so something I wanted to ask you about that I have written down here, Dracula. Oh, gosh, I was hoping you were Because that was at the that. very <laughs> end of your resume, and I was like, wonder if that was high school. No, uh, that was a community college show down in Virginia. So it was the first show that I had done in a long time because it was the first show that – I had 
done after I got out of the Navy. I took a break. So from... you were in the Navy. Okay. Yes, I that was. That question, we forgot, to, we forgot to come back to that question. Yeah, we'll circle back. I love that phrase. Circle, circle back, back. y'all. <laughs> circle back and unpack are probably my two favorite words that get tossed around on podcasts, I have to say. So Dracula was done at Thomas Nelson Community College down in Virginia and what a phenomenal production to be a part of. I think I made some you enemies. You were Lucy, right? I was Lucy Westfall. I think yes. I made some enemies because I was brand new. Just doling out the high fives had, on this show. I had just uh, registered for classes there and I walked in. I'm a new kid and just blew everybody away at auditions and got the role and there was only a few female roles in this show and so the awkward the awkward <laughs> potato is a front yeah it went. So it's a safety like, net i people didn't some people did not like me because they felt that i stole their role which is very sad um we should support each other as artists uh but it ended up being unfortunately we all know how it is uh, yeah Cutthroat There's enough talent acting. to go around, y'all. Well, that's why I like podcasting is because podcasting, it's a given that podcasting is oversaturated, whether you're going on YouTube or not, which is an interesting thing that we're doing because very few podcasters <gasps> have the rare opportunity that I have right now to be able to do an audio and a video podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm fortunate enough to be good enough and pre-trained with my associate's degree in communication, which is actually coming in useful because I've had experience with video editing already. Yes, you have. I remember so, the promo we did yes. for Rocky Horror. Ugh, it's still on YouTube, just saying. I have watched it a time or two. So it's very <laughs> easy for me to plug and play with the raw data that's recorded here. And then I can just throw it right on YouTube, throw it on Patreon, do the audio only, extract the audio, edit the video, all that good stuff. So I had the academic experience and training in Bristol Community College has been great because it actually gave me legitimate training on how to use multimedia equipment. So again, it's very easy for me to plug and play. So, but again, podcasting, it is oversaturated. You got to find your weirdos that like you though, and yes. they'll follow. So the competition is not necessarily there in podcasting because your success depends entirely on how much work you put in. Because being oversaturated is a good thing in a way because it really allows the people who pour their blood, sweat, and tears into their podcast to really shine. And really working hard almost, guarantee, almost guarantees you financial return in the future. Well, and so. the, the oversaturation doesn't necessarily That's a good mean thing about podcasting. Versus to, acting, um, TV, oh, theater, it's cutthroat. It is cutthroat. Um, what do they say? You're going to be... Uh, a woman that I your did... Your friend last week is your enemy next week if you're going for the same role. <laughs> no, no. A woman that I did cabaret with, she oh, had done some acting in New York and sort of, you know, told people that divas don't work and you can't uh, think that you're so special because, and I quote, if you're one in a million, what that means is in New York, there are six other people lined up outside the door to take your job. So, you know, because there's what, six or seven million people in that city, mm -hmm. which is a pretty good way to put it in perspective. Um, but on the note of podcasts, just because podcasts are similar doesn't mean they can't both thrive. I am Weird. I like murder podcasts or crime podcasts, whatever. And there's I no competition. To, it's great. Yeah, there's, I, there's I a listen niche to three different for ones. Everyone. Yeah, I I listen to three different ones of the same 
same sort of genre, and I listen to several from How Stuff Works. Uh, I subscribe to probably like ten podcasts. So that's for the whatever. through the RSS feed. Uh, I don't know what this is on my phone. <laughs> this thing, the podcast. Oh, the podcast. <laughs> I believe that connects to iTunes. Yeah, it does. But you can also get them all on Spotify. So. Most of the I'm ones have I to listen look up to. Spotify. Yeah, I have so. to put my stuff on iTunes too, but yes. it's a free podcast, so I don't know how that works. Maybe I'll just put it up for a, the minimum. Yeah, the minimum required on iTunes, and then go from there. Yeah, let's yeah. try that. Let's do it. I will help. Uh, so you know, support it. Thank you. Oh, oh, so Dracula though, I have to tell you the coolest okay. thing. Okay, so because I want to talk about your other protections after okay. that. Okay, okay. But <laughs> so we um, had Dracula's to have two, you have to have two actors play Dracula because he has to be, you know, Dracula the man and Dracula the monster. And oh man, I want to I want to see female Dracula. That oh, would be that, that would, would be, be so cool. Badass. Yes, I love I love being able to um, gender bend roles. That's one of the great things about theater is that it's like so what you flexible. did with Mercutio. I wanted to come right. back to that, yes. which was awesome that you and did that. We just did that in um, good on you in the Tempest in my production of the Tempest. Several roles went um, to the opposite gender, and Perfect. same thing in the Tempest. More that I was just of in. that. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so the Tempest in my version it wasn't Prospero, it was Prospera, and it very easily translated. It wasn't an overbearing Perfect or overprotective father it was just this concerned overprotective parent as opposed to mm-hmm. you know it didn't have to be a father it could be a mother and gonzalo we changed it to georgina i've seen it done as gonzala mm-hmm. uh, this is and why again, theater is awesome yeah. and this is why it's an outlet for so many people who start as questioning and who eventually blossom into whatever beautiful flower they blossom into yes um and shakespeare affords a very unique opportunity and that it's public domain so you can really make whatever changes you want to some other shows you have to be careful copyright like you have to usually receive approval from the the licensing company if you want to change things which is such a pain but a lot of people do it anyway when Um, i was in rent (laughs) yeah oh yeah but yeah, theater is wonderful because you have so much creative freedom and individual freedom, like you said, to find yourself. Yeah. And so then I played Ariel, who is the the official ancient de- definition is an airy spirit. So Ariel really okay. is just whatever Ariel is. It can be played by a man or a woman or a non-binary speaking person of, that's so, awesome yeah but speaking of speaking of ariel slash ariel depending on how you pronounce it i heard somewhere that in the original version of the little mermaid in the folktale that she actually loses her soul and dies oh, at the end oh and the, withers away the hans christian anderson story you mean the little mermaid yes okay yeah. oh i don't know the original tale i I really should. That was a little look it up. Blurb. It's definitely dark, though the yeah. original story. That was a little blurb at the end of Jonathan Young's version of "Kiss the Girl." So Jonathan Young is my favorite YouTuber right now. When people ask me what I listen to, I say I have refined tastes, <laughs> and they say, "Yeah, what does that mean?" I'm like, "Disney. What do you think it means?" Right. <laughs> Disney and Disney covers. So, jo- <laughs> so Jonathan Young is an amazing YouTuber. I'm going to plug him right now. Check him out. He- does a lot of collaboration and collabs with other amazing YouTubers. And his big thing is Disney and anime. So oh. for hashtag nerds like us, it's <laughs> yeah. perfect. So I think he's got about 30 anime covers and 64 or so Disney covers. 
He has three from The Little Mermaid, which are my favorite, because that's one of my favorite Disney films of all time. Yeah. How about you? Um, so I am torn between Mulan and Hercules. And Mulan, look at that. Another Mulan, person yes. bending the rules, like bending the gender rules of society. Well, Mulan, so is, Mulan. Sort of, Mulan is sort of like the trans anthem for trans men, yeah. for female to male. Yeah. I'll make because a man out Mulan of you. kicked ass. Yeah. <laughs> And she uh, defies and traditional gender roles at the end. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and is finally recognized for her bravery and her willingness to like embrace that. I just read something on Tumblr drive. about that. Oh, really? Do tell. Basically, it was pointing out that Mulan struggles with her gender identity. She's not quite, she's sort of gender fluid is the theory about Mulan. Sort of non-binary, but in her own unique way. She doesn't quite feel comfortable identifying fully as a man but she also doesn't feel comfortable identifying fully as a woman so at the end of the film when she fights what's the villain's name again um Shu? uh oh my god no 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 the huns it's the hun, um yeah oh my god the main hun Lu, yikes Liu. Li, the we'll just call him the main hun. okay the bad guy the so big bad sorry. wow total google it <laughs> my brain just stopped working i'm gonna google it okay please do so the main when she's fighting the big bad at the end of Sean Yu. Sean Yu. I was see, I thought I Please, knew it was something that was terrible. I, we we were close. That's okay. We tried. Sean Yu. So when she's fighting Sean Yu at the end, she uses she's got this wonderful Chinese kimono is just Japanese, right? So what's the what's the what's the Chinese word for that traditional the garb? The robes. Oh, I'm not sure. Hmm. Let me look. That is a good that is another good question for YouTube and Google. So she's wearing the the well, robes. they dress up as, as concubines. They yes. say it specifically. Actually, all the men The do. concubine robe. All and the, that's another gender-bending oh, thing okay. that they put in there. Are we going to get in back Mulan. to Shane, too? Are we going to what? Are we going to talk about Shane? Shane? Her love interest. Oh. Chang? Shane? Oh, my God. I'm terrible. I just said the it general. was my favorite movie, and I don't even know all of their names. <laughs> We're two awkward potatoes now. Oh, God. I'm trying so hard. That's okay. So she's wearing the traditional female concubine robes at the end of the movie, and she's also fighting with a sword that she's become very skillful with. But she also uses the fan, which is a symbol of femininity, That's to right. deflect the sword. Now, people who are experts on Chinese culture commented on this post because the post went viral and blew up. And they said that the fan can actually be a symbol of both femininity and masculinity. But that sort of also proves the point as well that she's not quite comfortable either way. And then somebody jumped in at the end and said, Mulan is just a terrible version of cultural appropriation. And I said, oh, now, oh, now, now we're just, no. yeah, because it really is. Oh, it, let's boy. be honest. Mulan is a terrible example of, no, a good, bad example of cultural appropriation I because mean, it's, uh, it's designed for Caucasian girls. Well, I mean, or Chinese American girls. To that respect, though, nearly and every Disney movie really, is. Yeah, it really Yikes. sort of butchers the traditional truth of yeah. the Chinese culture that it was modeled after. Right. And a couple of Chinese experts weighed in and did the whole actually type of situation. And I have to agree because it is a Western film made for Western audiences. Oh, yeah. Western girls. They, did, they do reach... Chinese American girls, Asian American girls, and obviously your general Disney audience as well. But as far as the fact checking of the culture 
in Mulan, it leaves a lot to be desired. So, okay, but on that note, I have to say, um, I this came up, I remember so distinctly in my 10th grade history class because my teacher was like, Disney's huh, very good point. American, no well, matter what. We were no matter talking, where the story takes place. <laughs> we were talking about this specific aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Did they do use too much, you know, creative liberties? Is it true to the to the story can generally even not be considered yada yada and i was like no you can't watch mulan and call it like studying ancient chinese but history that's not yet right, just like exactly. what i said to i go um are you gonna watch hercules and use that to study for your greek mythology test no so well that's exactly the point though is that disney <laughs> is a unique entity it's not supposed it's not going to be historically accurate, no matter what you do. It's not right. going to be it's, true to the culture. It's not a Ken culture. Burns documentary. It's right. Disney. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. So people right. people are going to take things way too seriously, no matter what you do. But Disney is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be uplifting. So it is what it is. I like um, what I like Disney films because again, I love I'm Disney. basic. <laughs> yeah, but I love Disney. We both love Disney. You can um, call us basic if you want. But, oh, just We're last Disney thing. girls. It's not Shane. It's Shang. I was Shang. very close. Okay. So, um, thank you. He We've clarified you know, all the characters. A, uh, he's a man. After right? looking very silly, yes. Uh, <laughs> he's a man of a, a manly man, man, right? He wants and, to make men out of everyone else. But then enter Mulan, and he is suddenly so confused about his own feelings. I like that we're talking so much about Disney. Me too. This is great. But um, he's so confused about his own feelings because he is attracted to Mulan as a man and he recognizes that and isn't sure what to make of it and yes ultimately he ends up so there's with a nod towards as, sexuality right and ultimately he ends up with her as a woman or female um whatever i'm saying that wrong but um it it goes to show they did sort of explore the ending of Mulan is interesting because like i said she uses both feminine and masculine symbols to fight shan yu yeah but at the end, she becomes this sort of Disney princess. So the coming out as trans aspect of Milan that a lot of people point to is sort of, mm, I think Disney gets, I think Disney sort of dropped the ball when they made that a little bit because it could have been different things. But I think at the end of Mulan, I think that the Disney intention, whether you agree with it or not, was to make her into a princess. And that kind of, yes, it, it's, it's kind of offensive icky. to trans people. It's because it's icky. like, here we have this great coming out as female to male. And then Disney's like, nope, just kidding. She's a princess. Well, anybody can be a princess if so, you want to. Right. Um, but yes, it... Mulan is a touchy I, subject to discuss. Well... Because it can go a couple of different she ways. She didn't want to be a princess as a thing. She wanted to be right. this warrior. So let her, which is why Moana is so awesome. <laughs> oh, God. And Disney is really working oh, on my, not yeah. doing working the cultural on appropriation thing. They researched Moana was like the first so much. big step. Yeah, they, everybody who was, they did not whitewash the cast. Mm -hmm. They tried very hard to, to research all aspects of it so as to be um, as authentic as possible and not, you know, overlook or appropriate anything. So that was fantastic. And I mean, she's. Moana's Tumblr approved by Social Justice Warriors. So, yes. Cool. No love interest. There is no debate on Moana. Like, she just takes care of herself she fights for her family her island she cleans up other people's messes she's just such a badass i love moana but that was probably right probably yeah that was the first time that disney said 
Sheesh, we really need to hire some sensitivity writers. Right, yeah. Which, again, was a problem with Mulan because she ended up, I believe, at the end of Mulan, she identified as she remained cisgender because she remained... Yeah, she's wearing, like, Identifying the, and projecting the, as a woman. Yeah. Basically, the only things that she retained of her masculinity and masculine military training mm-hmm. was exactly that, was the fighting skills. So it kind of, again, the message got a little lost, but it was the late 90s, right? Yeah, so there I have to say, it was 20 years ago. So there was a, a lot of time. progress can be made in 20 years. Um, Still good I, for 20 I years ago, I do want to touch on how wonderful her grandmother is, though, because her grandmother loved her no matter what. In Moana? In Mulan and Moana. I don't, I don't specifically remember the grandmother in Mulan, but I remember the grandmother in Moana was well, great. I think a great that the, you don't think that the grandmother in Mulan was supportive. I think she was. I, I think just she, I can't quite remember it. So. I think she loved her no matter what. I Maybe I'm think thinking of the was, ancestors. Yeah, she. So like and not the grandmother because the ancestors were kind of insensitive. The grandmother was never disappointed in Mulan, and at the end, isn't the grandmother one? What's happening here? Is it, is LGBT a sandwich? Oh, it is that be. supposed Trolls. to be funny? Like a BLT? No, it's better. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I think that the grandmother was awesome in Mulan. But yeah, we get like a ramped up version in Moana. Mm-hmm. I cried like a baby during that movie. I think the grandmother's death scene is probably the most beautiful way Disney has ever handled it. And yeah. Sorry, I, I, I occasionally it. do that. In no, it's cool. Colorful. It just distracts me. So, I have a short attention span. <laughs> I want to talk about your world travels now because Sammy is a world traveler and we advertise that on our website. (laughs) You have been, girl, oh my goodness, you have been everywhere. This is incredible. So you've been to, you've been to England. Yes. You've been to Ireland. Yes. You've been to Germany. Yes. And you've been to the Czech Republic. Yes. Have you been anywhere else? Yes. Where else have you been? (laughs) Uh, Spain, Portugal, Mexico, Canada, which whatever, it's a different country. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else, but I think that's it. So I want to take most of the most of the time that we have left. I really want to talk about your travels. Yes, so we've let's. touched on theater, we've touched on Disney. I Everything really is gonna circle back to theater traveling. though. Yeah. It's gonna, sorry. Because <laughs> a main part of my my trip was theater. A few years what ago. What was your favorite? Let's start there. Um, what was your oh favorite destination? Because you've been to London. so many. Oh, it was London. London? It was so okay. amazing. Was it because there was the It was the because I saw three company? shows in five days. I also saw Wicked, yeah. and I did an immersive, interactive version of The Great Gatsby. Oh, my God. Okay, so then when I went to Dublin, uh, like two days later, they were also doing it in Dublin at the Gate Theater. And oh, that's awesome. I, my, I was meeting my mom in Dublin, and I like begged and begged and begged for her to see it with me but she wasn't interested and was like you just saw it three days ago why do you want to see it again because it was awesome Gina what do you think um but yeah it that was so cool London was amazing and I stayed in a perfect part I Airbnb'd this little oh, nice. tiny studio apartment in um that's the way to do it if you Fitzroy can square yeah I mean it was small it was be careful probably with some of those size, Airbnbs though it was probably a little bit smaller in this room with a twin bed in it and there's a bathroom there was like a half bathroom attached and then if i wanted to go shower i had to come out of the room and go to the thing right down the hall but whatever it was perfect public restroom no i had my own shower which was great it was just like outside of my room but whatever Mm -hmm. um it was so great there was an awesome little italian restaurant 
that was like a hundred feet away. So I went there. It was walking distance to the London Zoo, which, and I know zoos aren't really the nicest, but I had to go. I love it. That's okay. Um, and the it is what it is. You were on vacation. Um, yeah. You wanted to check out. You wanted to uh, check out right a well-established location. Park. It was beautiful. I was right next to Regent's Park. I could walk to two twenty one B Baker Street, um, Sherlock Holmes. That was yes. right there. They've made it into a total tourist trap, though. Like, they, you know, petitioned the government to put in, like, B, that address, and it's sort of just a tourist trap now, but whatever. It was still really cool to look at. Shout out to the London Tube, because that is the best public transportation system I have ever been on. It is so efficient. It all makes sense. I'm looking at you, like, <laughs> MTA. Um, and it is... It was so awesome. It was so easy to get around. It, I loved it. I loved everything. And so because uh, there was a few tube stops within walking distance of me, I also went to the Peter Pan statue. You're uh, pretty much going to all the places yeah, that I would have gone the to. The Princess Diana um, Memorial mm-hmm. Park. And it was so cool. And then I saw Wicked and I saw... So basically you need to take me with you next time you go so we can stop at all of the same locations. Yes. Because these are all things that would be on my itinerary. Um, I have to say that this trip was spurred by, so a few years ago, I had been saving up to do something with this terrible ex-boyfriend and he broke up with me and I was like, well, I'm going to take all that money and I'm going to go on a trip. So I booked a ticket to see my cousins in Germany. Was that after Rocky Horror? Yeah, it was a, it was like a year after, a year or two after. Okay. So I, I don't think I ever told you about him, but we, we can talk later. Okay. Um, and so I went to visit my cousins dish, dish, in dish. Germany, and I loved it. So when I was there, my little cousin, his birthday is the day before mine, and he was like, you have to come back for my 18th birthday. It'll be our birthday. So I promised him I would. I went home, and I was like, well, I might as well make a huge Euro trip out of this. So I worked for a year and a half, and I took an 18-day trip to Europe, and I enjoyed every second of it because I worked for a year and a half to do so. So yeah, that's so cool. So Um, Germany, I want tell me about Germany now. Germany, and we're ignoring the trolls on you now. It's really different. It's really cool. Um, There, okay. There are so many pretzels and so much beer. Oh my goodness! Oh man, I, I want beer and pretzels like, right now. Yeah, we will. We'll, we like, have, we'll we go have to go on a mission to find beer and pretzels okay, now because my, now I'm cra- I'm just so hungry. I haven't eaten since my breakfast. My cousins were like, "You so, are not going to put cheese or mustard on your pretzels. That is such an American thing." Because this is in Bavaria. So, is that an American thing? Yeah. So Regensburg so is like eats, a part of um, eats them as they are. It's plain I don't pretzels, know, but they wouldn't let me. So Regensburg okay. is in Bavaria, the Bavarian region. It's like a southern mm-hmm. region in Germany. Yeah, so we would go into Regensburg, which is a beautiful city. It used to, um, if I remember my history correctly, it was originally like dominated by uh, the Romans. So there's a lot of really oh, cool. cool Gothic structures. A lot of history there then. Yeah, and it's right on the Danube River. It's really beautiful. So yeah, you just literally walk down the street and I swear there was like a pretzel stand or shop everywhere. It was so cool. There was a lot of awesome history. We went to the... Um, and the beer was of course good. Oh yeah, yes. the beer is amazing. German beer. I'll have to send you a picture to put up later, but there's this thing called the um, Kuchelbach Tower. It's this like artist. It was this weird, I can't even describe it. It's this weird like giant like abstract artsy tower and you can walk up to the top of it but oh, cool. at the beneath it in the bottom is like a brewery so it's like an art and beer tour <laughs> and then there's a beer garden um so that was really fun there was a Ernest Hemingway bar like 
for whatever reason, this, these people in Regensburg loved Ernest Hemingway. So um, that was cool. There's all sorts of pictures of him around. Um, but yeah, the beer is really good. And the food was delicious. I actually really like German food. It's, what was your favorite German dish that you had? Um, Aside okay. from pretzels and beer. So, so was there something that just they brought um, out to you and you were like, wow, um, that's awesome. Butcher it. So um, Pfefflinger is this specific type what? of little mushroom. Pfefflinger. It's this Ooh. specific type of little mushroom. You sound pretty sexy and, when you say that. Um, oh, thank you. I was I trying wish I really sounded really sexy when I spoke um, German words. <laughs> so, and it was like this mushroom and cream sauce dish over mm -hmm. like bread dumpling is all I can is the only way I can describe it and it is so good and I probably ordered it like three out of the six dinners that I had there nice and then um you know there I did that with a couple like, of dishes in Japan yeah like, I found something that I really liked and, and I'm like give me all of it although I tried it. to I did try to sample a little bit of everything yes I did the most too. famous Famous um, regional dishes. But unfortunately, I did not brush up on my German enough before I went over there because I was studying it for a bit and then stopped because I'm lazy. So I struggled so, so hard, hard to order food. To... And my cousins were like, this is exhausting. Just ask for an English menu or order what you know. So Japan is easy because you can just say like you point to what you want on the menu. Yeah. And you say, kore wo kudasai or just whatever the name of the dish is. And just, so if it's udon, like udon wo kudasai. Yeah. Arigato gozaimasu. That's pretty good. See, I can't, I can say a few things in German and that's about it. So ordering um, food is easy. Yeah. If you want to, and it's basically There's the whole language pictures, is just so. what you want. And then wo kudasai is, can I please have that? Oh, nice. So, so. the first time I went to Germany in, um, was it March 2016? Yeah. So you've been I, twice? Yes, I've been twice. Damn, girl. Yeah, I've been to Ireland twice, too. That was amazing. I uh, did see your pictures from Ireland. Yeah. You went to the Cliffs of Moher, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. And you had so, an incredible experience there. Okay, the first time I went, I was like, this is so amazing. Ah, oh, take me back. And the older I've gotten, the more I, the more anxiety I get about like things that could put my life in danger. Mm -hmm. So I was like... I was not, despite how happy I look in those pictures, I was freaking out. My mother's like, get because closer to the Because of the sheer the drop of the cliff. Get closer to the edge, smile. How and many I was tourists like, <laughs> have fallen off the cliffs of Moher? Like, oh man. And it's it's just, yeah, no, I didn't look up those statistics before I went. So I was freaking out. It's beautiful, but I was yeah. freaking out. Um, yeah. Because so, the wind is so harsh, right? Up there? Yeah. And like, okay, they But have, your pictures are beautiful, um, by the way. All of your pictures you. are breathtaking. These places looked absolutely incredible. They were beautiful. You looked like you were having the time of I your life. I did. So jealous that you got to travel to all these countries. But you took amazing photographs. Thank you. So yeah. keep traveling so we can talk more about it. We will. It's it's perilous just to get to the Cliffs of Moher, by the way. You take a bus and it's like a couple hour tour and it's so dangerous to go on these big buses because they're like these hairpin turns on hills and it's nuts, but it's so worth it and it's so beautiful and the visitor center there is so cool. Oh, probably the best thing that happened when I was in Dublin, though, the first thing my mother and I wanted to do was go to the old Jameson distillery because they have since moved their actual distillery to, I think, Cork, but okay. the original... Do you, you like know, whiskey neat? So here's the thing. I hmm. hate whiskey. I walk in and you walk in, by the way, it's like this is like a museum, like a distillery tour. And of course, there's this big, beautiful, ornate bar. And I sit down. Uh, oh, and when you go, your admission ticket includes the includes a drink. But includes, okay. I had to get a drink beforehand because, you know, when in Rome, do you like the Romans? When in Ireland, drink especially, a lot. Yeah, especially in Ireland. So I sit down and the bartender's like, 
uh, what can I do for you? And I was like, okay. And then an amazing Irish accent, yeah. right? And the, that broke. I go, Irish accents are sexy. Don't don't hate me, but I really hate whiskey. What should I get? And he goes, you different should whiskey. Get out. <laughs> you should get out. And so Ooh. I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. But as it turns out, I actually I'm a girl who likes her really whiskey like Jameson. I really sometimes. like Jameson. Jameson's good. Jameson's so the old standby. I will not touch Jack Daniels with a. Did you have pull. Jack Daniels is kind of like American trash. Yeah, anyway, it's so. exactly what it is. It's did, American trash. Yeah. So did did you have Jameson though when you were in Ireland? <laughs> oh yeah, I had okay. lots. That ended up being. Did like you have it at that I'd... bar? Yeah. Or did the guy kick you out? No, no, no. He, I was like, all right, well, make me something that I would like, and man, he did something with like. There was like elderberry liqueur in it, Ooh. so like Saint Germain basically, and something else. I think it was called like your mother a... smells of elderberries. <laughs> no, your mother was a hamster, you. and your father smells of elderberries, oh, which basically was. means your mom is a hoe and your dad's a drunk. Oh, okay. Just so you know, <laughs> well, that makes sense now. Yeah. So, what about the Czech Republic? You also okay. went there too. So I only gave myself uh, roughly a day and a half, two days there because I was a little nervous. I was it's a by smaller myself. country, and it's not that much of a. I was by myself. Not that many and I tourists. don't really speak English. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no! Attractions Prague. there. I wish I had had more time in Prague. I wish I had had. One I have less heard day that Prague is beautiful. Though. That's where I was. One last day in Germany. One extra day in Prague. Not that I don't love my cousins, but I had already been to Germany. So you have so, cousins in Germany. Yes. So, okay. Oh, that makes sense now when you yeah. said that your cousins were not letting you put mustard yes. and things on it. Yes, yes. Prague was so cool. And you guys, I <laughs> I tried to prepare for ordering food in Prague after the fiasco in Germany. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up this specific restaurant and their menu and I <laughs> translated it and was like, great, I'm going to order this. I walk there. And look at the menu. And I had been looking at their dinner menu and their lunch menu was entirely different. And I sat down and just looked at the Whoops. waiter like helplessly. And he goes, oh, OK. And brings me an English menu. The right, Thank right, okay. God. <laughs> because I am an ignorant American. I'm sorry. I tried. So how was the food in Prague, though? Um, it was very was good. OK, so I have to say, okay. when I came home from my trip, I ended up becoming a vegetarian again because I had this mm-hmm. moment. I'm a pescatarian. Cow. So, so, but sometimes I'll eat meat if it's organic. Sometimes I pre-range. eat fish, but like I have this I mental like block about it. I'm not going to talk about it on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this moment with a cow in Ireland. Like I had oh. just eaten beef stew because that's a thing that you do in Ireland. And we were coming back from the cliffs and we were stopped to like let a car pass. And there are just cows everywhere. And I was just looking at this little cow and it's like flicking its tail, looking at me, smiling. And I just like started crying because I was like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And, and that was alive. after you ate the Irish beef stew? Yeah, it was like an hour after. And How I was, was like, the I Irish beef stew, I have you in my though? belly. Oh, it was so good. Was good. And so that's the thing. Like, meat tastes delicious. But now I just can't wrap my head around it because mm-hmm. I looked at – and maybe it's because I had been away from my dog for 10 days. But I looked at this cow and I was like, Bama. <laughs> and I thought of my puppy. He's not a puppy. He's seven. Whatever. I, I love Bama. I haven't yes. seen Bama in forever. Oh, my it's gosh. Okay. Well, you have to actually, come over yeah. and see him. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so now I can't eat meat because I feel like every meat is my dog. <laughs> so it's where an was inter- I going an interesting that? way for your brain to rationalize yeah. things. Oh, so in Prague, I one of the yes. things I had was – Back in Prague. Real quick, sidebar. Do you yeah. have an Instagram for your travels or anything specifically associated with your travels? I do That the lovely I'm people actually... that are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast can look up? I am slight. I'm a little private on social media. Okay. Do you have any for... sort of public anything that anybody can be um, referred to? Is your Insta- is your Instagram private? 
I believe my Insta is private. Okay. I have one Disregard for Bama, them. though. I do have one for my dog, if you guys want to see it. We yeah. will we will keep you all updated if Sammy ever makes yeah. the travel I am happy public. to send. I could probably make the albums themselves public, though. I could definitely There's got to be ways to do that. Yeah, there yeah. There has to be. It's just like a personal safety thing I keep my right, that um, makes sense yeah I keep my and also you're gonna, I'm gonna, you're be gonna a teacher, need some social so media though once you once you become a famous actress I'll make I will make different accounts for those when those I have am to be hashtag ver- famous you're gonna have two different verified ones <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah no Tricky so, territory um, there so the food in uh Prague is where we left off I had duck mm-hmm. which is why I oh duck's good it. I love duck and good. Asian dishes okay how about oh. this what was your favorite out of all the countries you've been to actually let's stick with Europe for now and we'll yeah. go because we can talk about Canada and Mexico in later when you come back. Yes, I will be back. for a different show. But I want to talk about what was the most beautiful place that you visited. Oh, in hands Europe. down, it has been over ten years. And as I far as just takes your it. breath away, it was a place called that other people can maybe Lagos go to. in Portugal, okay. and I. It's this little town on the coast of Portugal, and it was breathtakingly beautiful. So Lagos. Portugal. Yes. Okay. And I remember so specifically getting an ice cream cone from this little store and walking down to the cliffs. And these cliffs are so beautiful. Not like the Cliffs of Moher, um, a little more warm, tropical feeling. And I had just finished reading The Princess Bride for my English class. And mm-hmm. all I could think was... Classic. All I could think was, this is what the Cliffs of Insanity look like. Which is ironic because then I, you know, I've seen bigger clips later, but it was the most breathtaking thing. It was so beautiful. Prague was also incredibly beautiful. This, like, so Lagos and Prague are your top two as far as just breathtaking, beautiful vistas. That, yes, well, Prague isn't really a vista, it's it's a mecca of a city. So, yeah, um, like, no offense to Ireland and England, y'all are mostly countryside, right? Yeah, London obviously is very metro, but. But in like, you know, no, no shade to I them, mean. but it is very like rainy and gloomy. So, so I've heard it's London end. rain and London fog. Yeah. But, but the, but the weather was good regardless. in Portugal. Everyone oh says gosh, good things about the weather yeah. there. Well, yeah. this is Fall River is a huge area for the Portuguese community. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. every other person around here has been to Portugal, whether yes. it's Lisbon or whether it's the Azores. Yes, I went to Lisbon as well. Um, that was very beautiful. But that was when I was... 15 with a high school trip so the memories are sort of fading a little bit but I just remember being so overwhelmed at the beauty of this little coastal town called Lagos oh and it was the weirdest thing we stayed at the at a hotel and the elevators you know how there are two sets of doors and elevators mm-hmm. this one only had one set of door on the f- doors on the floor so when you're in the elevator you could see the wall passing you as you go and it was a little unnerving but we were 15 That's very and it was really cool yeah did you go to any historical sites in any of um, your european travels so like major historical sites that you can refer people to so i went because to this is more the, of like a yeah saint peter <laughs> cathedral is the one in regensburg i believe uh also they have this thing called in germany yeah in yes. regensburg the regensburg cathedral is the saint peter cathedral yes and it is really cool very like all sorts of gothic structure and then i also went to the prague castle in prague which is actually really a collection of a church and like this mansion thing and that was so cool um i wish i had had more time to explore it i went to like i said the cliffs of moor which mm-hmm. i know that's more of a 
you know, a, a natural landmark than anything else. Right, but, it but it's it's very popular. So cool. Um, Quick question for you, though. What was your favorite beer that you had in Germany? Was it something that might be recognizable for people in the States, or was it no. sort of a local so, local yeah. brew? Yeah, they have, like... Local, um, my, okay. That's like what I figured. Dunkel beers or, like, dark beers. Everything is sort of... It's We're not really, it's not country really country, named. Yeah, I'm been so, to so sorry many. about that. No, this, this, is, this yeah. is all me. I take... It's I not, take responsibility for this. They're not really named. I'm scatterbrained. So, like, if you go to, if you ask for a beer, they had, like, like a Dunkel beer is, like, a dark mm -hmm. beer. And everything would mostly just be whatever was local to that this is also area. Exciting. It was really cool. But a lot of the bigger establishments would have other things on tap. There's one Irish bar in Regensburg. That, in Germany? Yeah. That we there was, there was an Irish sports bar in Japan, too. It's, it's like, it's underground. So, it's actually really cool. Oh, cool. It's called Murphy's Law. It's... <laughs> Um, oh, that's and awesome. there is a super nice bartender. His name is James, and I think he was Australian. He's friends with my cousin, so they would take me there because, you know, my I'm Irish and Italian. Mm -hmm. um, but they were like, oh, we have to go to Murphy's Law. So you could get – you can get some of the recognizable names. You know, you can get Guinness everywhere. Um, and there – but most of the places I found it was really cool. It was just like local brews, so nothing that you would really find over here, unfortunately. So we're going to try and wrap this up in about four to five minutes. So by 6.20, we are going to hit a pause on this. So a couple of things rapid fire. What is your degree program that you're in at Bridgewater State University? I am a What's double major? major in theater education and secondary education. Okay. I recently passed all of my MTELs. Congratulations. And Another high five. Today, Boom. actually, I went and added my minor in special education inclusive practices. Awesome. And I will be student teaching in the fall and graduating December. So You're graduating this December? Yes, oh, finally. Congrats. Early congratulations. <laughs> Knock on wood again, somebody for me. Uh, yeah. So where are you as far as getting your acting card? Um, so I am probably as far away as possible. The best way to do it is you find I think a, most people are, though. Yeah. It's very hard to commit to a equity candidacy program when you don't have the – when you're still a full-time student and working full-time. The There are a few houses that can offer equity around here. The one off the top of my head, I know there's one in Stoughton. Um, and a lot of the ones when you get further into the city – you put in so many hours and you can receive your equity card. Put in so many hours working on a show at this theater okay. and you can receive your equity card. And then you have to pay your dues. It's a union. Mm -hmm. You you pay your dues, but you're guaranteed, you know, pay rates and breaks and so and certain other aspects, um, just like you would with any union. But it can actually, if you're not intending to pursue acting as your main career, it's can actually be a bit of a hassle to get your card because. Mm -hmm. So you really got to pour all of your time. Well, so if and you want to, it? if you have an equity card and then you want to perform in non-equity shows, there's like a lot of rigmarole to go through to get approval from equity to do so, and you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't get the approval. Okay. Yeah. So what is the next big project that you're working on? So here is an opportunity for you to plug and promo whatever you have specifically going on in your life that you want our audience to be interested in, potentially look up. What do you have going on? Campus Movie Fest. It is so okay. cool. It is the largest student film festival in the country. So um, At Bridgewater State University? Yes. Well, it happens everywhere. I have this little thing here if you guys want to look at it. Show it to that camera too. Uh, Campus Movie Fest. So cool. what it is is Bridgewater this, was awesome to me, by the way. Yes. So excited that I got my bachelor's this from there. This company, they come and they give 
all of this equipment to students. Anybody can do it. Are you being it. a part of it? And yes. So you oh, have okay. you have one week to create a film. It has to be five minutes or less. Um, so I am a I am the writer and an actor in my show, um, and I have another friend being the director, cinematographer, sound editor. I have other friends acting, um, and it's a competition. So if anybody wants to come on Wednesday, April eighteenth to Wednesday, April eighteenth, yeah, to Bridgewater the State University, Movie Bridgewater, Fest Massachusetts. Yes, um, it is in the Rondelieu Campus Center in the Grand okay. Ballroom. It is at seven o'clock. So what's it's your free. part? Oh, it's free. Okay. So it's it is free, free to attend, free. and you will see 16 student-made films, five minutes or less, and here's the thing. Okay. Only the top 16 films get shown, and something like 40-whatever people submit films, and we don't know who the top 16 are until you're watching them. So it's going to be so nerve-wracking. I'm going to be sitting there submitting. watching, like, hoping that my film gets selected. What's the topic of your film? It is a horror comedy called Scalp Treatment. My mother awesome. owns a hair salon and recently added in a whole collection of wigs to sell people. And so I made a horror about uh, how people can get those wigs. <laughs> so, that is great. Yeah. Can so, I shout out my friends that are on that with me real fast? Yeah, go, absolutely. Uh, Kelly McGrath and Colleen Sweeney are acting in it with me. Emily Hirschlag is directing it. Eric Lander is our editor and cinematographer. And David Maybrook is our sound editor. So thank you so much to all of those Bridgewater students for joining me in that project. Awesome. So real quick, we didn't really do a hashtag Nerdcast for the show, but we had so much else to talk about with your past productions, with what you have going on, with the Film Fest, with your travels, because anyone that's traveled anywhere more than a couple times that's going to be that's going to be probably the focus of these of these discussions but i have written down here that if there's anything hashtag nerdcast that you're interested in neil gaiman in mm-hmm. the anansi boys yes did i pronounce oh, so that right neil neil gaiman is an author neil gaiman he wrote um american gods anansi boys the sandman comics yeah he's pretty awesome graveyard book which is sort of like the jungle book but in a graveyard awesome so real quick, you wanted to just plug CalmerCon, right? Yes. And we can, um, we can end I, on that. I think it already happened. Um, CalmerCon is basically a family-friendly and sensory-friendly convention for um, families, specifically focusing on children with autism or other sensory disorders. So it's a place where nerds can come together without as much hustle and bustle and sensory overload as you would find in normal conventions. So I just thought that was an amazing thing um, to open up to families that's awesome and i wish i had more information uh on it off the top of my head but i totally forgot to bring it that's okay so we're gonna add more information on our social media about comic con and about everything we just talked about so there's going to be access to everything that we discussed on our social media mediums so you can find information on everything that we talked about on our tumblr twitter patreon our wix site all of the above so stay tuned for that sammy thank you so much for coming thank on the show thank you for having me i hope this you have has me been again great. yeah like, absolutely my own horn. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the other projects you have going on oh gosh, more about yes. disney yeah all the good stuff more about gaiman gaiman no gaiman. gaiman okay i think that's how you say it oh god and the other novels and graphic novels that you're into yes so. please esp005 samantha mcdown oh esp all right my lovely unicorns Thank you.